Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on his. Uh-oh. Did he just manage to get himself kicked out of his own room? <laughs> oh, we're live, by the way, so let's keep talking. Hey, y'all. <laughs> we are live on YouTube, and our host has disappeared. It's a takeover. Apparently, he just turned it over to us. So, ladies. Oh, there he's back. <laughs> We held it down for you, Eagle. It's all right. What a what a way to start the show. Talk about being nervous. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Thank you and welcome to episode 439. The ladies of Hash already holding it down. Thank you, ladies, for coming. What an honor it is mm -hmm. to have all of you guys on my screen. I have so much respect for all you ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, we have Amelia Jensen, the Dank Duchess, Jen Doe, Jenny Beth Dills. How are you guys ladies doing? Uh, you guys can say hello as you guys feel appropriate. How are you guys doing? Thank you. Ah. So I guess, yeah, no one jumped in. Let's start with the queen. Amelia. Oh, what do you have to push something in no. to get in? No, you're it. <laughs> it's great to be here anyway. And it's so wonderful to see all my friends there. I've been really missing them. I see that now. <laughs> We've but, been missing you too, Mila. Yeah. For the rest, life is okay over here. It's been a damn lousy uh, summer with hardly any sunshine at all. <laughs> Now we got these incredible floods in Germany, Belgium, the south of Holland. People are dying and everything. Being evacuated. And Thousands. Yeah. What's happening? I don't watch the news. I only see what I see on social media. What's going on over there? Yeah, yes. these big rivers coming like from Switzerland and the Alps mm -hmm. and from the Ruhrgebiet and other mountainous areas. And it's been raining like crazy, like a month's rain in three days. So all the water runs down and the villages are along next to the river and the river, instead of going around the village is just going right through it under the houses, the houses collapsing. I think they got like 1300 people totally missing mm -hmm. in Germany and a hundred dead. It's like uh, quite something. Oh my gosh, that is so scary. Yeah. It's kind of surreal. I, I live in, in India, you expect to hear these things. Here, yeah. when people tell you that this is going on, last night, I could hardly believe it. <laughs> you know, it's like, you what? <laughs> well, it's only like 200 kilometers away, not even. <laughs> oh my gosh. Will you ladies stay safe? Indeed. Stay dry. <laughs> yeah, Mother, Mother Nature is uh, quite the quite the bitch sometimes. Yeah, really, really, really. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, yes. Bomboling out. Duchess over there smoking proper. How you doing? Uh, how's things where you're at? How are you and how are the things where you're at? I'm doing fine since I last talked to you. You know, uh, it's been a a good time. Your grow, I see, is looking amazing behind you. So most of my time is focused on the grow and making 
and making hash. I mean, really, it's always the same. Making hash and the grow. Every one of these people here. The grow and making hash. So it's been good, you know. I'm, my weather is not as bad as Mila's, but I do live in the Bay, so it's high of like 69 pretty much every day. No real summer. Jenny Beth is probably having a better summer. Or even, you know, Jen Doe. Can yeah. you baby? Well, let's take it there, Jenny Beth. Uh, how, how are you doing and uh, how are things where you're at? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's hot. <laughs> it's very hot in SoCal right now. Um, it's really interesting. Most of my time is focused on trying to figure out how to design a cultivation that can run in a sustainable manner um, in a really hot SoCal climate. So that's where my main focus has been and choosing cultivars and things like that and trying to mm -hmm. figure out what operations we can make work in, in the desert, which is not great <laughs> for extraction, not great for cultivation, not great for anything. But um, so, yeah, that's kind of how things have been down here. But I'm just going to I'm honored to be here. These are these ladies are insane. So I'm so honored to be included in this. Thanks for having me. It's lovely. Miss Jen Doe. Uh, Miss Jen Doe, this is my first encounter with you. Uh, hello, and it is nice to formally meet you for the first time. Uh, it is a pleasure to get to speak with you. Uh, how you doing and how are things where you're at? Thank you. Yeah, I'm a little hard to get my hands on or your hands on me sometimes because I've been running around like a crazy person trying to, oh my gosh. So I moved back from Oregon like nine months ago and walked into a huge rust at my infestation that the people living here had kind of gotten into. And so I've spent the last eight months we'll call it now battling that and trying to you know eliminate everything that could possibly bring them back uh, i've had two crops that i had to cut down prematurely because the second i thought the problem was gone it would come back so then i had to give myself like two months of complete downtime of just disinfecting my entire place uh not having any plants and now finally i put in like a little half half room uh so that i could have something going but if it was too you know catastrophic if that shit came back then i wouldn't lose yeah. so much uh yeah. but i got myself a good microscope and i've been scoping everything every day and i have tackled them so you don't know stress until you realize that this is like your only form of making a living for yourself and microscopic creatures that you can't see uh, are, in, are are helping to uh, absolutely fuck you over. So, yeah, so that's been my life so far. Um, but things are finally getting good. Uh, Hash Lab is running again. Uh, I'm not used to the humidity here in the East Coast, so I'm getting used to that. Um, yeah, that's my life. Hash and weed, hash and weed. So, yeah. But yeah, thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thank all you ladies. So I'm curious to know, and anybody jump in whenever they see fit. What was the initial, I mean, everybody loves hash in every type of form, but what was the initial draw the first time to want to make hash? I mean, what, what was that? Uh, 
this is good, but I think I can do this. What took you there? You mean what made us start making hash? Yes, ma'am. Ah, uh, I actually started learning with BHO and I had a bunch of men that didn't want me to participate, uh, even though I was the one that was supposed to be running it all. And so I was like, fine, fuck you guys. I see where the I see where the future is going with BHO anyway, because it was, you know, eight, nine years ago when uh, people started blowing up apartments and BHO really started getting that negative attention. Um, so they wanted to push me out. So I was like, fine, I'll do it my way. I saw somewhere online that I can do this with water. So I'm going to do that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's why I started. I just didn't want to compete for something that I knew was going to be so overly regulated in the future anyway, that I couldn't do it individually. Um, so I kind of pivoted and I'm happy about it and I'll never look back. So, yeah. The uh, first time um, I made hash was actually with my daughter in the Himalayas and we used to rub the buds and then you'd wipe the hash off your hands and that uh, you could smoke. Uh, the second time was when I came back to Holland after living in the mountains in India for 14 years and not liking the hash there. So. In the end, I had to invent the, invent the pollinator to be able to make enough hash for myself. <laughs> I was growing at that time, so I had plenty of material. And of course, I'd learned in these several methods of how to separate it. And yeah, the pollinator came out of that, which was purely invented for selfish reasons. <laughs> well, we are so grateful for that. Like. So grateful for your innovations because uh, they definitely have helped everybody. <laughs> so we love you, Mila. Ugh. Oh, Jenny, I thought you were going to oh. go, Jenny. Okay. I got into hash uh, to be able to write for Weed World magazine. So Frenchie offered me the opportunity to write for Weed World magazine. And so I didn't want to be a hash maker. That wasn't, I didn't see, I was a grower. So that's what I was gonna do, I was gonna grow weed um, and write about it. And um, the first time I made hash was 2014 with Frenchie. And that first time was when I was like, oh, this is what I do, that's it. So that's how I came into it. I, I actually didn't know anything about hash. In fact, I thought it was chocolate when I had met Frenchie a couple months prior, uh, but we developed a nice rapport. And when he offered me the opportunity to write for the magazine, I was like, oh yeah, 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 I'll definitely do that. And he was like, you need to learn how to make hash to do that. I was like, oh, but that's how I became a hash maker. And then, you know, hash is amazing. So how could you stop being a hash maker? Good for you. Yeah, so I came up through the hydrocarbon side like Jen, um, mm -hmm. and I originally wanted to learn how to make hash because I wanted to be um, better as at operations, right? And I felt that if I was going to be running these facilities, I really wanted to understand and I wanted to learn. And at that point, um, I had been blessed with some really amazing friends that were willing to teach me. Um, shout out there, Jen. Um, shout out all those guys. Like, um, And when I first washed, I was cold and I didn't like being cold. But the, the second that we pulled the first bags, I was like, oh, shit. 
it was the instant gratification and I saw kind of the more artistic side because I didn't just want to learn how to wash hash. I also wanted to learn the genetics. I wanted to learn how to breed for hash and how to select uh, because that's really a lot of what I do operationally. So I really, truly wanted to understand. And then I found out that I really liked doing it a lot more and that being cold was you said it best, I think, um, judges one time on an interview, you said, I really didn't like the noise, but being cold wasn't quite as bad. And I was like, that, that's it. That's it right there. <laughs> Cause the noise is grating, but like, it was just, it was being able to watch something and go from start to finish. And like you said, Jen, to be able to do it yourself. Um, I, I didn't think that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. And I'm just so, so grateful to be surrounded by these women and to learn from you and, and uh, yeah. I mean, in reference to what Jenny Beth is saying, I the first concentrate I made wasn't bubble hash, it was CO2. I went to Seattle to make CO2. And if you haven't made CO2, the noise, that was it. I was just like, oh, I can't handle this. <laughs> I cannot handle this. So um, I didn't recognize in mind that hash was obviously just another concentrate. I, I of course, know now. But the first thing I did was um, in January of 2014. It was CO2. Mind you, I felt like I was special as hell, you know, making this concentrate. But the noise was just too much. The noise is too much. The cold is not as bad. But the cold and the wet, all y'all know cold and the wet is the worst. See, we're all nodding, the cold and the wet is the worst. Yeah, I've definitely had to uh, address that because of personal reasons with cold and wet. And uh, I've found ways around it, thankfully. It's amazing when you hate something and love something so much at the same time. It's amazing the innovations that you can come up with to uh, you know, address those negative parts. Like uh, I found myself a heated vest that I can put under my jacket. Uh, yeah. And it, it's, it's ran off of a little battery charger. Yes, Duchess, I see your face. Yes, it's <laughs> ran off of like a little battery pack that you would use to like an extra charge on your phone. But it just goes on the inside pocket and it's actually got heat that comes through here and then also through your back. They also make coats if you're more interested in that. But obviously with the hash making, uh, we wanna stick it to our chest and our back. Um, the other thing I found that's super helpful is rubber gloves that go to here and they have to be a full size bigger than your hand because mm -hmm. then I put on the little mitten gloves, the cotton ones, and then I put on plastic ones uh, and then I put on sometimes an additional <laughs> mitten one and then I shove my hand in there and you know, you just got to find the right gloves. You can get the right finger movement, but mm -hmm. if your hands are frozen anyway, I noticed that I still don't get appropriate finger movement because of the cold. So I might as well be warm and still have like that glove restriction. But okay. yeah, just like little tricks like that. Like I'm sure you guys all have your own stay warm tricks and yeah, you deal with the parts you don't like because the parts we do like make it worth just about any hoop I have to jump through uh, to make it happen. So, yeah. Well, I think it's awesome that you guys are helping keep the hash making tradition alive. Uh, flat out, flat out. And help start it, Miss Amelia, uh, and keep it alive, the rest of the panel there. Because uh, I... I feel like, you know, the hydrocarbon side of things at one point, 
uh, almost canceled out real traditional hash. I think it, the the shatter and whatnot came on so so strong and so fast as the market was emerging over here. So a lot of the younger folks that never even experienced hash didn't get to know it. They knew more hydrocarbon side of things and now are just because of amazing extract artists like yourselves are being back to, you know, a good cold water extraction. And then in my opinion, it is way better. I enjoy the, you know, the water hash a hundred times more than I do hydrocarbon side of things. It's just me, it's just me. But I appreciate you guys, you know, taking the ball and not, you know, letting anything get in your way to keep this tradition alive. And you guys have kicked ass along the way as well. Uh, much respect to all you ladies. Uh, so is there a favorite cultivar you guys like to work with when you're uh, producing in your hatch? I became across one that is like, uh, this one I could work with for quite some time. I need some time to master it. Because some strains do take a little mastery. That just you got an answer. I've seen your. Oh picture. no, I was looking at Mila. Actually, I mean, I just got Mila? Yeah, <laughs> I love the level of respect on this call. Anybody? Anybody want to jump in? I'll All right, I'll jump in. I don't have any favorites. Uh, I'd like to say that my favorite is something I've never washed before because I get that anticipation of like. Oh my God, what's it going to do? Um, there's so many like sections in the spectrum of like, I've literally washed something that I was so excited to wash. Like my whole room smelled like citrus. Amazing. Like, I think it was a tangy land. I'm about to ask you, is it a tangy? <laughs> You're about to tell a terrible no. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm about ready to tell a really heartbreaking story right now. Uh, yeah, it was tangy land and it was actually done by, um, uh, one of Crockett's uh, little businesses that they had in Oregon at the time. It was the little girl they had in a shop. So I went in to wash some hash for them. And I like harvested this plant all by myself, like so careful. Cause I was still, you know, fairly fresh to it. And this is the first time I'd ever washed anything for anybody but myself. So I'm like taking every precaution. I get that home. I fucking wash it. And I literally pull it back. And I'm like, what the fuck? pull another bag. What the fuck? Pull another bag. What the fuck? Like there was nothing in it. There was maybe the size of a dime or a quarter in the bottom of my 25 bag, nothing else. And I was just like, what the fuck? So it was horrible. That's when I learned that some things literally like they will just disintegrate and there's nothing. So to redeem myself, cause I'm just beating myself up at this point. I'm like, Oh my God, I broke it. I don't know what the hell I did. Like they're going to be so upset. Uh, so I ran some of my stuff and I think it was probably like gorilla glue or something. That's nice. You know, good yielder for us. Uh, washed it and was like, Oh, thank God. It wasn't me. Now, how do I tell these people about their hash? You know, um, thankfully they understood. And so they're like, Oh, I didn't think that would wash anyway. And I was just like, you couldn't have told me that. Do you have any idea like how broken my heart was? Like I seriously thought that I failed as a hash maker. So, but like, I still get that anticipation. I think because that was my first wash for somebody else, I still get that real nervous anticipation, no matter what, 
I'm washing that's new. And when you do get that yield that you're like, oh, you're the, you're pretty, like, it's so great. But mm-hmm. there is that like huge risk of like, this could give me nothing and I could literally cry my eyes out at any second. It's great. I just did a consultation like that. Like, and it went exactly the way you said, right? Mm-hmm. So I went out. And so now, I mean, I made a mistake in the sense that now I scope everything beforehand because every grower thinks that every frosty thing that they've made is going to be a dumper. And that's complete nonsense. In fact, most of those things are not going to be a dumper. Most things are not going to have the right structure so that it's going to work out for you, right? But this flower is beautiful. It smells so good, you know, and there were high hopes for it. Girl, I think that got less than 1% on Fresh Frozen, right? So I am losing my mind because it's like two days straight that we have been doing this and the yield I mean it's beautiful resin the yield is so terrible then they're like oh you know we also have like all of this amazing trim I was like for real we couldn't have done that okay let's let's pull that out we did that it dumped so much I was like okay obviously not technique then I looked at the flower finally under scope hardly any heads or like really little heads. And th- that's the scary part is about m- doing something for someone else. But I agree with you, um, Jen, when you are getting that new thing, especially when it smells good, and you're just like, oh, it may like, it may be the most amazing hash. You know, everyone's always looking for that amazing hash that's gonna drip and maybe you might be the person that found it. And most of the times it's all right. Sometimes it's terrible. And every so often that you're just like, let me call home to mama about that. So I agree with that. You just, that's, that's good for me. In terms of dry sieve though, I like um, Durban poison. That's just random just because it drops so easily for me with uh, dry sieve and maybe um, Covalo Jagu. I think that could be really good in, um, in dry sieve. But otherwise everything is like Mila would say, whatever's in my hand at this time, whatever's in my hand at this time is the best. That's a good attitude to have, Mila. This like, is it right now. <laughs> it's all I have, so this is better be it. <laughs> yeah, I think another thing I really love about new stuff is like the new colors of the water that come out. Oh yeah, that's good. Not the best. A microscope can be very useful to uh, yeah. prepare one for, uh, you know, if you'd look at that bud beforehand, that material, you would have seen there was nothing on there. I felt so stupid. I mean, I went through like, I'll be honest, like eleven thousand dollars worth of material. I was literally, I wasn't thinking of crying. I was crying. I was back in my hotel room, like, oh my god. You know, I was like, I can't understand why this is working. Then I said, Did I scope this? Okay, let me scope it. Then I was like, All these heads are pit heads. Oh, god. but you know, we live and we learn. You got to cry a little bit to appreciate the wins as much as we do, you know? And yeah, I'm a girl. I cry a little. So what? They just don't say it. But, you know, every so often it's just like, right. like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So if you do scope the trichomes there, does age matter? I mean, when you look at it and, you know, it's clear to cloudy or, you know, cloudy to amber, does that it change your approach at all, uh, you know, in the bathroom? The approach in making the hash? Like, would we choose to make a different type of hash based on what it looks like? 
Yeah, yeah. Basically. Sometimes you just don't run it, but <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I defer all... to you, Jen and Mila and Jenny on that. Yeah, um, I think it all depends. Like the first initial process for me is always the same. And then I think it's more like post-processing that I start to look at things like that. You know, um, I don't know. I'm a strong believer that uh, the color of the hash is really not leaning towards the, it has to look this certain way because people are missing so much from the plant when they're looking at it like that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, it doesn't change what I do with the hash if it's, if it's darker. Um, it also just depends. Like I've washed some really amazing dried flowers that were grown to fruition and dried and cured properly, had the long cold hang on it to preserve everything. And it's made some really dark heads, but that's because it was mature and like the boldness of flavor and the effects you get. Um, that's really, I think what it comes down to for me, as far as evaluating different colors and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, is evaluating the different types of high that I can expect from that hash, mm-hmm. you know, the lighter stuff, the longevity isn't quite there. You know, uh, you'll notice that unless it's a naturally light hatch, you know, if, if the resin on the plant naturally doesn't amber out that dark, that's a whole different story. Um, like GMO, it's really hard to get that to amber out. And so therefore it always creates kind of a wider hash. But, uh, when these other plants actually come into the full cure, like I've made some of the best hash I've ever smoked still absolutely melty as can be potent. It's like rich, you know, um, and it punches you in the face. So, I mean, I think as hash makers, we're kind of responsible for educating people on that fact because our consumers only kind of understand what direction they're led in. Oh, this is the best. That's the best then. Oh, wait, this is the best. That's the best then. Um, It was the same with hash. And when BHO came out, you know, all of a sudden, like people that I couldn't get to buy pressed hash to save my life, like I would give it away just because I was passionate about hash was like, guys, this is like the strong part of this, you know, like let me give this to you. But until they had a new method of consuming it, that was more on a popular end because all of a sudden we have dab rigs, we have gadgets, we have tools, we have like purpose for these tools and that's the hash oil. Then they kind of went to that and they're like, Oh, Oh, that's the shit, you know? Um, and so as hash makers, like we kind of have the ability to lead the market with education and, you know, kind of like dispelling some of these myths, like, Oh, the whitest hash, like is the best, like, no, it's not, it's really not. And there's so many differences in between that color. Um, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of us get kind of stuck to what the masses want. If, if you're consistently producing a darker hash and your client base is really wanting that white hash, doesn't matter how much dark hash you make, you're never going to sell it. doesn't matter how hard you try to educate them at the time. You got to realize that's a long process to educate them and lead the market to, you know, what we consider like the proper evaluation of hash um but that takes time so unfortunately we're all catering to this market that was created and it doesn't actually allow us to have that full range of what we want to do and what we feel is best 
without taking that risk, you know, but I think as time goes on, people are catching on better that like the color is actually a really good indicator of different things, not a good or a bad, but more of a this effect versus that effect. So I was in the States, I uh, was working with people who were using all these fresh frozen. And then in the end, whether they smoked it as hash or as rosin, uh, it came for a very quick, very high, but yep. it was very short. And that brings to mind this Afghan guy who came to my garden in Amsterdam one time. And I told him, oh, tomorrow we're going to chop it down. And he was all aghast. And uh, I explained we smoke, the people smoke the weed. And I asked him, and he said he would let it mature for another two weeks. So I know in America, it's very popular, all these transparent and white things, but I think it's not mature and it hasn't developed its full scope of what it can contain as a mature crystal. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I make, I make that brown hash. I can make the white hash. I like the brown hash. I'm about to post some nice brown hash because it makes me happy. And it's because I have smoked enough hash. I sure haven't smoked any meal amount of hash. Maybe not you, Jen, because you've been smoking for a long time. But just because of the amount for writing for the magazines and the amount of hash that people give me, I can tell you I've smoked a lot of hash. And what I've come to find is that the when people come on that single micron, um, obviously pulled two weeks early hash it can the flavor can be there not all the time but the flavor can be there but it's a pretty high up and pretty fast down if exactly. i want rosin rosin's up with a little bit depending on the 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 range it could last longer if especially if they're using a full spectrum but if i want to be punched in the face like jen says i'm going for hash above all and i personally like partially decarbed hash which is why it turns a bit brown but i have years of seeing this was like not press this was press this is really early this is later and what is most effective for me and for my issues my um depression, my anxiety, my general enjoyment, I'm going with what works for me. And I agree with uh, you, Jen, in the fact that the market is you know, pushing for one thing and you might do something else. I happen to believe though that, I mean, I would take another different job, but I'm gonna stay with what I'm doing. And what I like is press hash. And eventually you'll see the market will come around if we educate one at a time or using social media and great amounts of, of, of people. However, you will see that some of the top people are big on disinformation because it works well for their pocket. So they're gonna tell you nonsense or they're gonna tell the customer nonsense. The customer doesn't have anything else to base it on, but the fact that like, oh, such and such has this many thousand followers on, on Instagram and they said such and such, so this is the new dogma. And it's like, y'all don't understand science. Like if you really ask people to break it down, like why would you think that? And why would you think that? It just comes down to some bro science. And I understand that with BHO, especially dark colored resin was often due to old trim, badly done, but every situation needs to be taken in context. And if you want to call yourself a hash head, then understand it for real. But when people come in and anyone who calls themselves a hash head and they ask the question of, oh, but is that going to melt? What would color have anything to do with it melting? 
unless you're just really just going based on this idea that light color somehow makes better hash. And so I think that, and mind you, I'm not anti light colored hash. I've had some snowman that like refused to turn darker no matter what. So it's just the idea of getting the best possible out of that plant without making blanket statements. And education, education is hard in the sense that even though we're all educators, but false information really spreads and sticks really, really fast. So it is uh, you know, incumbent upon us as hash makers who care about the customer to constantly be educated, but understand they're not gonna always take it, but educate anyway. Somebody's gonna get it. Somebody of good repute is gonna, gonna latch onto it and probably is gonna make it marketable in a kind of way such that people feel comfortable going the way the market goes. Yeah. But we're gonna smoke that good stuff. Just <laughs> uh, to touch on your financial thing, like if you really want to know, like what my opinion of why did we get to this blonde hash is mandatory. Let's think to of get the an extra to get extra um, harvest in to get an extra harvest in. Shit, two weeks early, you are literally cutting it down and putting it in the freezer and then running it into water. So you're cutting down on two weeks of fucking growing, two weeks of curing and drying. You're cutting down on all of the trimming and it's like, it's a money thing. Like they cut mm -hmm. this nine, 10 week cycle from, you know, flower mm -hmm. to finish. You cut that now into like fucking six weeks and two days to make the hash. Of course, blonde hash is better. Oh, why? Because we can pull it down early because number one, oh shit, we're having problems in the garden. That's we a big one. That's a we big need to pull one. This. If we pull it now, yep. the problems won't progress and mm. we will still be able to get something from that. Yeah. Okay. So they're pulling it early, not only because of that, but then they're like, oh, fuck, wait a minute. So we can do this every time and just tell people that blonde hash is the best. And now we just saved all this money and we have another whole crop. No yep. dry space. No worries about whether we have issues in the garden because we're pulling it too early for it to fuck matter anyway. So like people don't understand where this drive of the market comes from. And it all comes from the money. But one thing when it's uh, harvested uh, uh, so early, I forget that the main growth of the crystals happens in the last two weeks. So they may be going to have less or many crystals, but they're all going to be teeny. <laughs> well, let me point one last thing out. So we talk about the high the and the quick decline, right? So how do you sell more hash? You get someone really fucking high and then you take it away. Oh shit, now I need more hash. If you want to take a dab of some well-done full melt in comparison to a dab of some early full fucking rosin, and you want to take the time frame in which somebody is actually high, you're taking your high from my full melt for this fucking long, well, that's not going to fucking sell because a gram's going to last me like a fucking week. <laughs> so we just get you really high and then make sure that that longevity is gone. So that high just drops off. And all of a sudden, a gram's lasting you two fucking days. Hurry <laughs> up. Give me that early pull shit. Woo. Like, I mean, oh, it just, and it's just hidden from all of us. But anyway, sorry, that's my rant. I just. Don't you remember when rosin became heady, right? Because none of these guys' stuff was melting. So they had to press it. I know. 
I know. Why not? Y'all are not making six star. I see it. <laughs> you don't have to have a clean extraction when you rosin it because now you have an extra double layer of mesh to fucking filter anything that you missed out. Where we're over we're here trying to full melt and we're like ass in the fucking air. Like if my full melt is laying there and you're looking at it, like I am exposed with rosin like fuck it who cares just don't push too hard so the green doesn't come out like it's gonna all filter through it oh yeah we're not we're, we're not gonna get any like fans with this kind of trying to be nice i'm just trying to shut up i'm like i'm like we're not, but i mean the thing is I'm, okay i'm gonna say that i definitely was a little bit um i before i think i did a story in 2019 so prior to meeting this woman um low loves dabs a lot she's a great hash maker well, her husband's a hash maker. She's a rosin maker, which now is being called a hash maker. All these, everything is just being lumped under hash. Anyway, um, she's a great rosin maker. And, but when I saw all the, all that went into her process and the science and the art of it, I felt a little bit better because I've made rosin since 2015. I've sold quite a bit of, of rosin, but to me, the process that shows the quality of the hash maker is in the bubble hash. Let me see those high stars. That's what it is. Because you can take flavorful four and a half star and squish it. I'm not anti what you're doing, but you know what I'm saying? That's not six star. That's not six star. I've seen Jen's six star. You know what I'm saying? I've seen things melt to water. And there are other, some other women, Emerald Alchemy, her purple princess was like phenomenal back in 2015. So we, I've seen that, but then I've met quite a few rosin makers who will be honest, will be honest and say, oh, well, I don't really, I haven't made better than five star or I don't really even make five star. And it's just like, but you're having a problem with your process, but they're making it seem like this end game of rosin is like all that matters. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know about being stone stoned, huh? Like, Stone for a long time. Stone so stone that you come back to sober. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I'm, I'm somehow back here, you know? I know Mila knows about that kind of stone, like really stoned. And I've smoked a lot of rosin, a lot. Emerald Cup, we had amazing amounts of rosin. But you know what we were super happy about getting to? The six star. That's what we were happy about. What? The six star. The uh, six star. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also a lot of them don't realize it's uh, who they are washing and pressing for because I try and explain to people, especially when I'm telling them about the scope, like I can scope your shit, but that's not going to tell me what star you're going to get. It might help be an indication to me of whether or not my bags can catch it. Um, but it's not an indication of if it's going to be a four or a six star. And sometimes it doesn't come down to process as much as it comes down to understanding the heads mm-hmm. and the fact that as much as I can see that head, what I can't see is how thick is that head? Mm-hmm. How much oil is actually contained within that head? Like, mm-hmm. I can't see that with a scope. I can only see that once I wash it, air dry it. And then do my whole process to evaluate what star it actually is. And uh, not everybody is blessed with growing good stuff, especially a lot of these facilities that only grow from clones that they're gifted or that they acquire. Like thing I learned about clones is nobody wants to give you their number one. They'll give you their number three or their number two choice of strain, but everybody wants to hold that good one. 
you know? And so a lot of them are really not growing to be able to produce the six star because they, they lack the genetics that it actually takes, Mm -hmm. but they also don't realize that in order to have and possess those genetics, like you really have to do it your goddamn self from seed. And you got to find those genetics that'll do it because once uh, somebody that's using it for hash finds that, they don't want to give you that strain. You have no idea how much time and money and effort and stress and trial and error it took me to find this one strain. So I'll give you this one, which is good, but like, I'm not, no, like you can't have this one. So I think a lot of people really kind of failed to realize that fact. And we have a lot of hash makers out there that, could very potentially be like amazing six-star hash makers, but they are at the mercy of what they are provided with, you know? Mm-hmm. And unless that company or person is willing to put in that effort to find those six stars, because they don't just fall in your fucking lap. Like you have to find them, you know? And I think a lot of people miss that. And so that's yeah. a big deal with hash making as well. I always start every single talk about hash making saying that the genetics is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the genetics are good and yeah, I don't know how it is in America to get new kinds. I don't know. Here we're having a pretty backward uh, thing happening with all the weed. But anyway, <laughs> that's another question. But yeah, genetics is the most important and when you've collected them and look under the microscope, it's the best if it looks like caviar, you know, just little balls, nothing else in there. Yeah, yeah. That's but you won't know what it is until you've smoked it. That's the final test. <laughs> I think that's where people get the most frustrated with me is my definition of single source is pretty specific. And that's because Jen, you're right. Like it comes down to the genetics. It's fire in, fire out. So yes, did you get it just from one person for sure? So like you have a single homie hookup and that's two of you. So now you're not a single source. If you're willing to work something and you can't find what you want, I think that's what was most interesting for me. And what I got most excited about was being able to truly optimize genetics for the type of head production, for what you're looking for and be able to control the process start to finish. Um, And I think that unless you're either working it, like you said, Jen, breeding it yourself, growing it out yourself, extracting it yourself. And then if you have to, I guess, pressing it yourself, you're not single source. Um, And I think that's one of the most frustrating portions because a lot of what I do is around commercial production. I'm sourcing for for production. So I have to source things that are going to dump, but we also have to give a lot of grace and develop such strong relationships because most of these hash makers aren't vertically integrated and that's a really scary place to be as the person who's sitting there waiting to wash so you know there's a lot that goes in into sourcing those things and knowing that they're never going to give you their price pick you're never going to get quite that close is a really frustrating place to be especially in in a market that's driven towards this heady boy unrealistic expectation that we're supposed to have these clear heads because you guys have to chop three weeks early because it seems like a good thing to do because you can now just press it. But no, it would be a lot more competitive in the states between hash makers. I don't know. And here, people are happy to give you uh, some new seeds or whatever they're breeding. It's a different atmosphere. Yeah. Well, 
We definitely get seeds. It's the fact that not a lot of people will take the time to grow those seeds out. I can't even express how many times I've had people tell me, oh, well, I just grow from clone because I don't want to take the time and the risk that it takes to pop seed. Popping seeds is the most fun. I mean, popping seeds is fun. That's like where it's at. You just never know what you're going to get. You know, I like popping. Well, but then, you know, if you don't have that passion for the plant, you're just sort of like popping seeds. I can see how it would be really hard to be able to sift through a bunch of seeds. You're just like, cool, it's all weed. Like, now what? You know, but I don't know. There's a certain amount of passion and like knowing your plant and knowing what you're looking for and having that like desire to waste that, possibly waste that time with shit that gives you shit, you know? Um, whereas you can go to a homie and be like, cool, that does how many pounds per like, can I have that, you know, but yeah, I mean, it really takes a special person to be able to start from seed and yeah, it's funny. I've had people get upset with me when I've had strains that I haven't necessarily wanted to just openly hand out and I have to explain to them, like, do you have any idea like the sleepless nights that I had and the every second I spent up that bitch's skirt, making sure that it wasn't a herm, like <laughs> finding any problems, you know, like I think people just need to understand like the, the, the difficult level of finding those things so they can have that appreciation for it. But then rosin came in it was like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> wash it press it it's all amazing it's like now we're just kind of basing it on yield you know like how much oil was contained in that head like i don't know sad but heads are better than small heads yep i'm not ashamed to admit i agree with everything this panel has said so far <laughs> everything you have said so far uh, it's nice to have or listen to a conversation that doesn't end with, dude, you got to press that hash to get the best product. Because I've, I've always, I've always, every time I hear that, I've looked, I thought, man, I've worked so hard to produce an amazing product as it is. And now you're asking me to you know, press it out further. Like that's the end all be all. It's nice to hear that there's still people out there that appreciate, appreciate the hash for what it is. In my opinion, it is a much longer of a high. I mean, uh, you've left a lot more in it, the fats and lipids that help keep it in the system a little bit longer, which you lose through the hydrocarbon side of things. I think that is kind of a, a trap to get you high, as Jen said there. Uh, just to keep you coming back it's like good oh yeah it's done well i gotta go back well in hash you don't have that you have the fats and lipids and all the good stuff that keep it in your system and keep you high for so much longer uh i agree i, I appreciate you guys's opinion on that taking it the next step and pressing it unless it's a junk product that actually cleaned up I, you know, I appreciate that and as far as the color thing goes anytime i've washed hash and turned around and seen it turning on me. That's always been, in my opinion, a quality of superior hash. If I turn around and it's already turning dark, that to me, and almost every time, is fire. 
full melt right there. If it sits around and it doesn't turn as quickly as some of the other patties, I, I know which ones are melty just from the way they turn. And color has never been a, you know, a, a factor for me. I, I appreciate the more darker hash because I, in my opinion, find it to be the stronger of the two. So another fun thing that I can add to the whole, like, why do people lean more towards the quick high? If you're spending like $10,000 and upwards on a glass piece, do you really only want to be able to smoke out of that like three times a day because you're too stupid high? Isn't it nice to be able to bang like <laughs> rosin after rosin after rosin so that you can use this $10,000 piece that you just bought? You know, who wants to be so fucking stoned that they can't use it, you know, and, you know, and also I've noticed there's like the people base like how cool you are by how much you can smoke. So if you can come in with this really heady rig, right, and this really heady hat and just do one after the next, after the next, after the next, you're getting the money out of your piece. You're getting the props and the pats on the back for being such a gangster. You just banked through three grams of $100 rosin, you know, and uh, you're really getting more of your money's worth. So. <laughs> I don't know what these young people are doing. Sorry. <laughs> My chilla, you'll be That's putting the doing, possible thing and we'll still be smoking all through the night, but we'll be really, really high. So <laughs> I don't know what the young people are doing. Well, right now they're getting mad at me for running my mouth. <laughs> I told you, you're not gonna make any friends from this little situation. I'm acting hard. You know, I personally. <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> and I don't. I wouldn't even share chilling with these people, so I don't care. But um, if I, you know, here we're here to to share ideas, and the main thing is that like the dogma of how it should be is BS. We all have different endocannabinoid systems. Um, and what we need is all going to be particular to who we are. And um, we find a lot of finger pointing, again, because of the competition, Mila, because of this, uh, this, the society that we have, that we open up our phones and it's just like, are they, are they sending a subtext to me? Are they taking shots at my stuff? It's just like, yeah, these people, people don't care about you. And if they care that much, then how lame is their lives that they're caring so much about what you're doing? But and it's not, it's not that it's not. There are not that many women in here. You know, right now I can think of if we were to round out this panel in terms of really well-known hash makers that are female, it'll probably be less than 20. Uh, and we know each other and we're not backbiting. Amongst the guys, there's a lot of backbiting and there's a lot of macho type of tendencies. And that mentality is an antithesis to actually really growing together, you know? So I'm always happy whenever I run into a woman, a man, whoever, who's willing to talk about hash, we're gonna learn something, I'm gonna try some idea or something like that. But that hyper competitiveness, that's for the birds. And all I could think is, I hope y'all are young and this is just y'all working the last of your extra testosterone out because that's of the birds. I don't know, girl. I think it's always been like that with weed. I remember when I first started slinging packs and that was the game. It was who's got the best weed. So I'd always have to pull my big old dick out and be like, I got the best weed. And now you're my customer because I gave you a chance. Yours was shit. This isn't about ego. This is about you can get the better stuff from me 
Mm-hmm. You can get better income yourself, but it's always, always, always been about who has the best, the best, the best. Oh, I mean, yes, this oh, that is there. It. But what I'm saying right now is we have a different kind of competition because you have the competition of, of consumers against consumers about what they bought, where they yeah. bought it from, who they're friends with, who they got to smoke with, out of what piece. It's like a whole ego stroke. It's a circle jerk, jerk, eagle stroke at the same time. Say, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So absolutely. And who's doing all that jerking? We don't really have the equipment. So I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like a whole new generation that's got to learn it all over again. Yes. Yes. So I see a panel of well-traveled ladies here. Is there a place where you guys have made any kind of hash that you are that stands out to you? Have you been in, say, France, the Indies, or something like that, uh, with a memorable hash experience? I mean, Spain is good. I mean, Mila's gonna tell you she literally was in India and all over the place. So we have no stories like Mila's. Um, we have absolutely no stories like Mila's. I actually made my first hand wash hash in, um, cause I'm, I'm a machine person. By the way, just for all you people, I'm gonna be really honest. Everyone has their opinion. And, and I, I, for one, believe that this whole remove back to only hand washing is ridiculous. There's certain levels, amount of flour that it's just like, what are you talking about? And, and I'm working out, y'all are working out and I'm working out, my body's hurting. And it's just like, uh, we're so heady, it's like, get the right machine and have the right touch and you'll be fine. Because there was a whole bunch of six star made with plastic machines and I'm all about the stainless steel also, but everyone who's making it seem like in order to get the best hash, you have to hand paddle. What are you talking about? I've seen a whole bunch of crappy hand paddle, hat, like crap, crap, crap. So with that, but I did do my first hand paddling in Spain. I had a great time with it. If I had to choose, I'd still be using a really good machine. I don't have time for that, sorry, I'm 42. I'm going to agree with you on that 100%. The only reason that I've been hand paddling is simply because I didn't want to put the money down to buy a second machine to be able to run the amount that I needed to run. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I was like, fuck it, I'll buy a garbage can. And now Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I hate this so much, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. All hail to the machine. Like, why work harder when you can work smarter? That just, and it took I feel me so five much better. No, no, Jenny Beth. Look, Mila, thank you very much, Mila. Thank you very much for standardizing and modernizing stuff. This idea that like you have to make it all by hand. Again, that was like an Instagram type thing, man. It was like a whole idea that became popularized. Like I'm better than you. Look how much better I am that I take it to this standard. And that's like, that's again, more ego stroking BS. You can't tell me in terms of those people who are doing acres that you're gonna go wash that by hand. That's stupid. That's not thinking smart. That's using your body when you can use 
at this point, we practically use robots to, to, to be doing that. We need to do all the other things that are important in terms of even if you're washing by machine, you're watching what the resin's doing, what the ice is doing, what the water is doing. It's not something that like with BHO, you can set it and forget it. But this concept that to be the best hash maker, you have to wash it by hand is nonsense. And if you really, I would want someone to really break down the numbers on me on how they can really prove that that's a good idea. I agree. Look at third gen. He had Brandon mm -hmm. had what, like 10 of his giant machines and like 10 freeze dryers. And Brandon's just kicking ass in terms of making hash. So y'all can just quit it with the fact that it has to be. I mean, like, that's, you know, and that's that's why I had him teach me because Brandon is one of the few people that I will give single source credit to because he goes mm -hmm. from genetic to final product and he busts his ass to do it. But at the same time, he's also working for production. He needs mm -hmm. to something to sustain. Our employees don't work for free, y'all. So, like, <laughs> there's got to be a way to make enough to make the juice worth the squeeze. And that's just really what you have to do to scale. And I'm so glad because I was like, I'm not out here paddling, y'all. <laughs> I learned. <laughs> What's up, Bubble Magic? How are you, friends? Fire <laughs> and it dumped and it melted. So, you know, and I think that that's, that's really important that, as we look at this heady boy rosin race to the bottom, we have to have people who have a commercial output mindset, but have a culture focus, right? Who understand how to keep some kind of standards and some kind of, you know, ethics in the game, but still produce on a level that can compete. You guys think that uh, extracts will exceed hash or uh, flower sales someday? Do you think it will be a market where it's all extracts sometime soon? No. Oh, I hope not. Oh my gosh. I don't think so. <laughs> if you look at alcohol, how many different kinds of alcohol are there? Mm -hmm. Everybody yeah. has something that turns them on mm -hmm. because of, you know? And it's the same with weed. Uh, some people only swear by this kind or by that kind. Mm -hmm. Some want uh, extracts and some want oils and some want hash. <laughs> I never smoke weed. I love hash. I only smoke hash. Everybody has their preference. And I think we'll always end up catering to that. Mm -hmm. I hope. I hope. <laughs> and also, hash gets some people too high. Let's just be honest. We all love the hash. Everyone does not want to be as high as we are. That's, I was just thinking that. Everyone does not want to be feeling like, woo! Everyone, sometimes people just want a, a little taste of something. And so that's why they're smoking those like 0.25 gram joints. More power to you. Who are we to say what other people should do? Yeah. No, I think we might see more, more hash like through social media and stuff uh, because those are also like some of the people with the biggest egos have the loudest social medias, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're only really seeing this much of our actual consumers and yeah. it's, it's only the ones that are wanting to push, you know, the stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's so many backend consumers that, yeah, like you said, like they don't want to get that high, you know? Um, I am a flower girl. I fucking love my hash. Absolutely. But if I was told you can only smoke one for the rest of your life, what is it? I would pick my flower. Absolutely. I love hash, but there are people out there that like, there's a certain like ritual that goes along with smoking my flowers. Um, that's a lot different than a ritual with my hash per se, you know, um, 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that weed is ever going to be less than hash, but I do think we'll see more hash, you know? I think it will always be there and um, it would depend. These things come in waves. <laughs> so maybe we're in a growing wave. <laughs> yeah. I always determine my crop, like when I'm getting ready to pull down, I'm like, all right, where's the market at right now? Are we low on flowers or are we low on hash? Like what is going to be the most beneficial to where the market is currently sitting? I remember there was one year, a couple of years ago that I was like, all of it hash, you know? And I thought that the market was on this hash swing, um, but it turns out everybody else had the same idea I did. And so we all cut all of our crops down. And then all of a sudden there was this flood of hash and flowers like spiked in price because we all cut it down for hash shit. So I'm looking at my fresh frozen trying to figure out like, how would I dry you so I can turn you back <laughs> into flowers? Yeah, no, it's not going to work. But um, yeah, so there's definitely like, I think it'll always be like that. There will always be ups and downs. And when there's less access to something like you want that something there's less access to. And I feel like hash and flowers really flip flop on that. So, yeah, I love flowers. Concentrates are kind of the new, the new kid on the block as far as this particular race. But I don't think they're going to take over and wipe out the rest. That was the original question, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Did we think that concentrates were going to take over? No. <laughs> it might look like yeah, it. That was the question. Always the hash. I think I cannot imagine that people really turn away from it. Yeah. No. Always be hash. Fashion, people who like it. Yeah, fashion is cyclical. You know, it will come around. And this year we all want purple, and next year we all want. Yeah, we want the blonde or we want uh, the hash that everybody's talking about because everybody's been talking about it for two years and so I want it too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, you know, because of chillum, I like flour and hash. I mean, I find the chillum to be like most ideal situation. <laughs> flour and hash for, for me. Flour and hash is for sure. And because they're different experiences, it's not like smoking weed and smoking hash is going to be the same, even of the same strain. It seems like you get a different experience, you know, based on what you're, what you're smoking, what's available. The flower has it all. To me, I feel like flower is very expansive. Hash, I find to be very focusing on like one idea rather than a million ideas. Really, rosin is a bit of a party situation. I don't really rosin and then work, so I don't, I can't really judge based on that. <laughs> Just the upset. Man, I like you smoking the chillum. Always, you know me, baby. 6970. Um, we used to live with the sadhus and smoke uh -huh. chillum for breakfast. But those days are long gone. Now my lungs can't handle it so good. Oh. <laughs> Doing it for you, Mila. <laughs> okay. No, it's great. I'm enjoying you. <laughs> Recognize it immediately. It's not <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So, will super quality hash always stay with the amazing extracts artists like yourself, or do you think that they'll be able to scale it up on this large scale market 
or will the large scale market kind of kill it like a lot of the you know anymore when i go into a provisioning center and i can see a, a, say a gorilla glue for instance you know that a home grower would knock out of the park i'm not so impressed a lot of the times in you know from a provisioning center or a store so do you think large-scale hash will be the same thing it'll be like a, or will they may be able to come up with a consistent quality or will it always be with amazing artists like yourselves i don't know if hash will ever be large-scale but it will always definitely be there because there's a certain percentage of people who just love hash. <laughs> There's that. Uh, it has well, its own special way of experiencing getting high. Yeah, but also we're talking here, okay, we have the American perspective and here in Europe already we, we have a little bit more, but if you look at Morocco, that's a hash producing country. setup. You know, they've, they've focused on that since they figured it out. And Man, they produce loads of it, and not all of it is the best. No, for mm -hmm. sure, there will always be people who are better, and then there will be the experts. You know, that's where you are blessed. You have a whole bunch of them sitting at your table today. And <laughs> yes, it's modern times. You know, your girls are doing this now, and the Afghanis, the Moroccans, they—that's what they were doing. They made only hash. They didn't have pretty flowers that they then made hash from. They never even thought about the flowers. So it's a, it's a different view that you have there where you're looking at the hash like that. No, you already have very strong flower base. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything can threaten that. You'll never convert half the country into changing. <laughs> and you know, now that we also now, before pre-pressure management, but we have large-scale vessels, you know, um, to answer Eagle, that will allow you to wash a whole lot more material, whether you're washing it by hand. And now we have all these stainless steel machines that allow uh, large amounts. Um, and I've seen, I wouldn't say on BHO, BHO level large-scale, but I've seen you know, sizable scale, much bigger than what either of us are going to do with two 20 gallon machines or something like that. Um, it can be done, but just like what Mila and Milush are saying that places have been doing it large scale for, for a long time. Sometimes we're in the States, we act like we're like inventing something. <laughs> we're like mad late to the party. Okay, so they've been doing large scale for a long time, but mind you, everything is not double zero. You know what I'm saying? The whole thing is not double zero. The first little bit of it, you know, and, and if you translate that to our concentrate market, you will find people who are only doing the super, super, super high end, which is going to be small batch to a degree. It's it's going Boy. to be small batch. And then you will have people who are the target. And then you will have Walmart, which takes up a whole lot of space because more and more people are going to find out the convenience and the efficacy of using concentrate. So they're going to want it. Um, and we're not going to be able to like, sift it. I mean, Jendo will not be sifting all of this resin by hand at home, you know, so there's going to be some mechanic, <laughs> you know, mechanical automation that's going to have to happen with that. That doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be two star, 
for those who are listening, we're going on a one to six star sale. It doesn't have to be a two star, but it, it might be like four and a half star. And there'll be a whole bunch of people who want to buy that. And the people who want the super six star from the big names, that's just like the people who want the super high fashion from the big couturiers, you know, that's what happens. You go and find Jen Doe, you go and find Jenny Beth, you go and find myself, whatever. So I think there's going to be a, a huge spectrum of, of what's available and large scale is gonna to have to come in because if you just see some of the size of these greenhouses that we have here in California and Oregon, and I'm sure gonna be up and down the East Coast also, you will see that there's no way anyone is A, washing that all by hand or B, even washing it in 8,000 small machines. That's not gonna work. And once you bring in a whole bunch of larger machines, you just can't do that level of quality control because hash making itself, at least bubble hash making that we're talking about, requires people to look at the resin. Like the resin tells you so much as you're actually washing it that you can't just like set it and just be like in 15 minutes, I'll be back. And then it's going to be perfect. You're going to have a whole bunch of green hash. Watch. No, even though a lot of people buy their candy at the supermarket, there's always room for the, what you call that? Chocolate who tea. make special cakes and special mm -hmm. things. Those shops are always running awesome. Yeah, there are some processes, that, they're replicable processes to a certain extent, right? But you can never control quality, much to what Duchess was speaking on, much to what Mila said. I mean, that's the beautiful part about hash making. It's, it's, an, art, it's an artisan process. You can't do an artisanal grade product on, uh, and I'm going to lose friends here on this one, I guess this is my turn, but you really can't do that if you want to grow past a certain size. I like, you know, some of the clients that I've worked with are, are smaller and they're happy to stay small because they want to keep quality control the way it is. It's a very, you know, skeleton crew. And that's the only way that you're going to get true connoisseur grade legal product on the market is to get it from someone who's doing it themselves. But yeah, as far as standardizing operations and doing a, a, a good job and putting out a good product that will give you a good expectation of what a solventless product should sort of be, you can absolutely get that for you know 65 to $90, depending on whatever. But it's not gonna never, be great. Never in those greenhouses. Yeah. Those greenhouses can never produce the same quality as a small grow can where Right. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, and that's, that's the other problem there is you can't replicate even a cultivation process on that large of a scale and pay the level of attention to it that you need to, to ensure that you're giving me an input material that's going to get something that is of the quality that I'm looking for in the first place. So um, cool. we're going to lose all of our friends, you guys. I think they could get to a level to make mass production, but it would take it down to the automation clear from the grow level so that everything was, you know, precisely the same. But then you have all the different factors that actually come into growing. So without like a really high tech situation to where, you know, you're automatically having those adjustments made for you so that everything is running like a machine, you know, um, like if people perfected a couple of the strains that were specifically for large production hash and they did have it fine-tuned to that level where there were no variables, I feel like they could automate it to quite the extreme case, you know? Um, but I, I just don't know that anybody is really to that level to be able to do that consistently. 
Like there's so much that goes into it. And I think without having that hash mind behind when you're setting up the grow and the different variables, like, I don't know that it would translate. So I think it's possible. It's definitely not probable. Um, but yeah. Jen, what about the fact that we're still like, we're not, we're not sorting something's dead. We're dealing with cannabis and she changes things up. So we could have it all set up and then it could be like, you know what? We've had two seasons of a little bit too much humidity and I'm going to change this way. And you're like, oh, thank you very much, cannabis. You've changed, you know, so I, I think cannabis herself is the variable that changes I all agree. the time. Yeah, I agree. Now, the only thing that really kind of leads my mind to be open to something like that mm -hmm. is uh, when I went to Amsterdam, when I was working with Gavita and they walked us through all of their fully automated, I'm talking fully automated, huge, huge, huge greenhouses. They are automated to the point where there are four people that work these massive greenhouses. The, the system that they have set up like for their roses is all movable. The only time that it's really like, when I talk automated, like precisely, I've seen it. I've never seen it in cannabis. And I remember the first time I walked in and saw those roses, I was like, holy fuck, this is, this could be the, the future of cannabis. Because what happens is the rose starts here. There's a line and there's hooks that go across for the person that's snipping the roses, right? So they inspect the rose snip it, hang it. And then it moves. Well, by the time this row, this rose goes through all its whole thing, comes back and around, it now has another perfect rose. There are certain inspection points <laughs> in the middle where somebody will come in and double check, but they are automated to the point that legitimately, with the exception of somebody inspecting and clipping that rose and hanging it, that machine then puts it into dozens, drops it mechanically into a bag and throws it in a fucking box. But that level of detail and of control over your situation, we're not there with cannabis yet. But I honest to God, I was so shocked when I saw that system. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be like back to the future where I go into the future. And this is fucking weed. Mm. you know, sure. because they based it all down to even the time cycle that they know and they can program it. So if you know, this strain is done at 63 days, they'll program it so that that is how quick it moves through the system. That is how quick it feeds the different nutrients. They have these fucking things that unhook and hook for the irrigation for the water. So they're able to do different strengths, different mixes per cycle with nobody even touching it. Like it is mind blowing, but we're definitely not there in cannabis, but I would be willing to bet in 20 years or less, we absolutely will be. I like the implant touching. Yeah. For cut flowers, you start with cell propagation and then it just moves through the greenhouse and robots control it all. And at the end, yeah, the cut flowers get put in the boxes ready to go. It amazing. is it is one of the most amazing things I've ever laid my eyes on. I literally was speechless and just like that was one of the moments in my life where I was like, I see where this is going. Holy fuck. Like but Jen, never... are you gonna appreciate that more than like the weed that like let's look at you? You go through your garden naked and you're like feeling up on the plants. I need my farmer to love my plants, my farmer being me, but I need my farmer to love my plants. That sounds like so sterile. 
I mean, that just sounds sterile. I mean, in terms of, of you know, the, there's a whole spiritual component mm-hmm. to being involved with cannabis. And that just sounds sterile. I know every single one of us has cried when we cut down a plant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I need a little bit more connection. That's why we grow our own, right? Okay. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. Unfortunately, that's the cute little world that we live in. And it's only a very small percentage of this population that's going to have access to this feels. But that's where like we're able to keep that that standard where it is. But we gotta remember we're only this much of this much of the pie. You know, so yeah, it is up to us to keep that standard, but will that type of process be appreciated? Fuck yes, because it will be available and it will be making a lot of people money. And as long as they promote it properly, then everybody's going to buy it and nobody's going to know the difference. It's no difference than the conversion from full melt six star to rosin. Like, look at how easy it was. We care. And that's why we're here. (laughs) But look at how easy that, that, that conversion was because it did allow more people to jump on that competitive wagon. Now everybody's a hash artist. (laughs) And I don't need it to be an exclusive club, but honestly, there were dues paid by everybody on this, on this panel and more people who haven't like been there dues paid by Mila and her daughter that we could never freaking ever imagine ever 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 but if you went from squishing flower rosin to now you're getting some hash that you've made or got from your friend and you're squishing you're like oh my god I'm a hash artist you are spitting on the names of all kinds of people who look at she's wearing gloves on gloves on gloves and heated clothing Heated clothing, okay? We're putting through it. Let me just tell you something. Okay, I'm making hash for myself, myself. Two days ago, I'm making hash. I'm picking up the bucket. I'm doing it all right. The bucket breaks and literally spills five gallons of water and ice on carpets, okay? Mm -hmm. On carpets. I live on the third floor. I got these muscles first from like lifting water because I got to buy water. You know what I'm saying? The people are like, I just use the stuff out of the tap and I kind of make this hash and I got my bags on Amazon. And it's like every single part of it, you want to call yourself an artist, go for it. But like put in the real hard work and the real hard work does not come from someone regurgitating every single thing into your ear. You doing it one time and then suddenly saying, I'm a hash artist. I can squish this 90 U, 90 micron rosin. It's like, oh, why did you choose that? Well, you know, that's the headiest, why? Cause that's the best. Cause why? Oh, oh, you don't know anything. Okay. But you know, I'm just saying. But it's blonde. <laughs> how white it is. <laughs> so great. So great. So great. So great. If they can roll it into a snake and make a donut with it, though. Hattie. <laughs> no. Oh, but you know. I mean, with this being said, the industry, we're all learning from each other, but they're definitely, we could do a lot better if there wasn't 
so much bro science or so much unwillingness to really delve deep into the science of it. So we can always appreciate everyone who's putting the time in to do the research, whether they're doing it uh, experientially, A to B testing or something, or but just not regurgitating what they see on the internet, not testing it. You know, I've heard enough to know that's not really going to push our industry far. Um, and, and sharing information is going to push us the farthest. That's it. Sharing information and, and education, educating ourselves, but also having the responsibility within ourselves to self-educate. Everyone who's just asking a question in the DM, that's not research. That's not research. Can I pick your brain? No, because you weren't picking up this ice when it was two in the morning. I was making the hash by myself. Yeah, I try and tell people, like, I'm more than happy to answer specific questions, but, like, don't come to me and be like, I want to make hash. Ready? Go. And it's like, can you have, like, a basis? Can you at least tell me you tried? Can you at least tell me you've done all this research and you've done this and you would like to know if you've missed anything? You know, but you have to have some background in it. I can't just give you my whole story. Story. I mean, I'll do it in online courses one day and then you can pay me to give you all of that and I'll give you access to everything. But exactly like I don't think anybody else was freezing their tits off while I was in there at 4 a.m. still running hash because no in the middle of a run, you don't stop. And I am single source. I, not a single finger is laid on anything that I do from start to finish. So, you know, like I'm all about offering the information because especially like with for full melt, like I feel like it's not out there as much and it's just getting shoved to the side because there's nobody doing it because the most common answer I hear is I don't know how. I don't know how. The other most common thing is I don't know how to smoke it, you know? So like nobody wants to risk a $100 gram of the best hash just to ruin it. Um, but yeah, like if they, if you haven't put in any of the effort and education and some sort of effort, like, can you all just give us a break and like, stop, pick up that same book that we did, maybe Google that same thing that you're asking me to see if that's a very common situation that you could actually like reserve the time that I choose to share, uh, for the important things that are going to make a difference in hash. Me telling you how much ice to put in your machine is not going to change the outcome of your hash. You know, like when you get down to find these things and you can stop and look at it and be like, wait, so, okay, I feel like something's going wrong from here to here. Like reserve some of your questions for that. Like reach out to me with some education. I will be more than happy to assist you. But yeah, people don't realize like when you're getting hundreds of messages a day, just the time that we take to like double heart your message. Like, thank you for acknowledging me. How do you feel about that? <laughs> that does take a lot of time though. That, that'd be the like, oh, whatever. But that does take a lot of time. And the thing is, whatever Jen Dill is saying right now, I'm sure Jenny Beth, you're dealing with that. I know people must definitely write Mila. Um, we still do it. The thing is at the end of the day, sometimes you just like, you, you like look at the phone, you're like, Okay, maybe I'll just say by voice. Okay, maybe what the situation is, is that it's not a cold enough room. Can you diagnose this? I don't know what your situation is, but the worst is when people don't, don't respect your time enough to do a little research. The and worst is, so what's hash? 
Hmm? You do want to help. And yeah. so it makes me feel bad sometimes because I want to be like, yeah, but like also other people's time. And so that's kind of the, the disrespectful piece to it is it's time and it's peace and like just be happy that, you know, people are willing to help come correct. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you could also ask how much is your time? Judges, I, don't you teach classes? Aren't you glad yeah. to come damn near anywhere? I saw For you sure. flying all over the place. For sure. And I also just sit on also on the DM just answering like, well, it could be temperature. Well, it could be this. I need to make a fact sheet and just like send people to that fact sheet. That's like a that. stop. Is yeah. it? Did you check? <laughs> Did you? So on my Instagram, on my highlights, I actually have hash tips in there. And I spent something like two or three days going through questions that people had and answering them so when people are asking me basic stuff i'm like hey take yourself to the hash tips run through that and if you have questions after that once you try that okay let's start there because i'm very thorough in there like once you try that if you have any other questions like i'm happy to help you know but uh my girlfriend randa she wanted to make hash for the first time and i told her just that i'm like run through all my hash stuff do it and then when you come to question to different questions and variables like hit me up i'll help you figure it out she was able to do it like hash making is not rocket science it's super easy basic okay. principles uh, a lot of people try and complicate it because it is so easy mm. but like yeah get get some education and like try it first and uh free up our time to teach you more new things you know instead of going over basic shit <coughs> so yeah hash tips on my highlights uh it's gold uh duchess you should definitely do those oh i'm not letting you know that i'm totally stealing that idea i've bitten that you've do been it. bitten i'm taking that <laughs> i like that idea. um yeah no i'm currently doing some different things so that i can actually build this little course like start to finish that i was talking about so that i can like you know focus on teaching people it's obviously going to be a pay for it course because I have to be able to sustain my life in order to do these things. Um, but I'm going to do that, but this is like a little short version of that. And yeah, it's great. And you have enough videos that I've seen that you go through all the shit too. So you just got to organize it and fucking stick it on there. And it's great because as they're going through it, if there's questions on a specific thing, they can be like, bloop, 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 bloop. what did you mean by this? You know? Um, oh, I wondered why you had made that like like fairly long explanation in one of your um hash stories. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I was watching. I was watching you. Yeah, no, <laughs> so that I could save it to all my highlights. Yeah, that that's that's smart. smart. If you notice how uh, repetitive all the questions that you get are. Yeah, but know? can't you just go to? Can't you add like as one of the options just to add a story highlight? Isn't that like a, a plus? Can't you plus story highlight and totally bypass stories? Yeah, I think so. Smart. Look at that, Eagle. You're like helping the hash people of the world right now. So, cause we're not gonna have an attitude cause we're putting up the tips from now. Yeah, no, it's actually helped me a ton because I can just be like, please go there. And then all of the basic first time or questions you get like and I'm just like oh thank you thank you <laughs> thank you yeah I mean it takes a lot of time to do all this from start to goddamn finish like this is my life like I don't what are my work hours what is that yeah 
what is work hours? You know, what is time off? Like I'm constantly, so maximize our time. Yeah, and now I got a whole new interest. I decided since I can't find the house I want to live in, I'm going to try and make one with hemp and uh, Adobe style mixed. So oh, this is going on. That's, that's super cool. Are you going to stay in Amsterdam? Well, until that place is finished, but I want to move out of the city. I want to be. Oh. We've all got to visit. Yeah. We have to, ooh, we should do a women's pilgrimage to see Mila. <gasps> That'd be so smart. You know, they'd be, you know, you don't keep your hash can be down. Oh my God. Everybody would be down with that. <laughs> That'd be so cool. I was so bummed when all of you guys right before COVID hit, when everybody was out at Spanavis and I was like the only one over here that was like, I can't go. We like nearly, who knows? You don't even know what we went through to get back here. So, you know what I mean? It took me 31 hours that day to get back here. I was at Dabadoo crying, just thinking about the fact, I was thinking about the fact that everybody was staying back. To me, it seemed like several people were staying back and I'm like, I'm going back, but my mom be very mad if I get stuck in Europe because of COVID. So I want to go back. (laughs) It took me 31 hours to get back. But um, I think actually no one got sick at that Dabadoo at all. No, we didn't. Nobody, yeah. Nobody. <laughs> and we were like packed in and nobody got sick. We certainly were. We were hugging and sharing spread joints. Crying, just thinking about the fact. I was thinking about the fact that everybody was staying back. I was, to me, it seemed like several people were staying back. And I'm like, and I'm, but my mom be very bad if I get stuck in your Am I the only person that can hear me? No, <laughs> I can hear you. I don't know where it's coming from, though. <laughs> Actually, no one got sick at that time. No, we didn't. Somebody, does somebody got their YouTube playing for a chance? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, somebody that's got to be a YouTube. I didn't. I didn't. I don't even. I'm you not. Know, I'm sorry, Eagle. I'm not you. Oh, it's you, Jenny Beth. That was totally me. I'm sorry. I was like, wait, live on YouTube. I clicked the button and it was. That was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to stop it. I was like, ah, y'all. Guess what, babe? We've all had our little times on this Zoom thing, right? <gasps> oh, my God. My bad. Thing. It's just so nice to see you all. It's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, Eagle, do you have us for a certain time? I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry if I missed how much time we're going to be chilling with you. No, I didn't ask you guys for a certain time, and I don't want to overstay the welcome here. Uh, that's for sure. So anytime you guys want to wrap it up, I, we're, we wrap it I'm up. I'm just saying, because we'll isn't it like a, yeah, isn't it 11 by you, Mila? I mean, we don't want to keep you up. It's already nearly 11.40. Oh, let's we'll see. That's a little late. And how Mila's long? Good night, Owl. Hello, everybody. That's oh, great. <laughs> We're all on growers' time. We stay up late, right? Generally, generally. Not me. I'm getting well, old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go to bed at like 10 30. This will work, but like, I am. Well, you guys got me slightly intimidated to ask questions after that last little rant. They do have some questions a little bit. Uh, is there some books that you could suggest on? Uh, 
starting a hash journey or uh, is there a good place to uh, get supplies uh, for their hash making stuff, stuff like that? It's a couple questions that's been through. I know they're kind of Oh, Whatever I mean, questions, oh, Eel, don't think that we're not trying to, okay, let's not have that perception. Uh, don't, don't take it like that, okay? We're like venting a little bit, but literally we are dealing with dozens of the same questions that can be Googled. But right now we have a platform, right? Jenny Beth, right? We, we, can, we can talk. If you're in Europe, you better be buying isolated stuff from Mila. I mean, you, you'd be messing up if you're not doing that. She invented this. She invented it, so you should be buying it from her. If you were in the United States, you know, there are a couple of bag companies. Don't act like y'all don't know about the bag companies. Whether it's going to be Bubble Man, Bolt, Micron Extracts, or Ice Extracted. There's some companies. Right. Don't get your bags on Amazon. I'm just saying that part. Okay. Well, I... Maybe we'll say there's the exception. You can get your bags on Amazon if you intend on running hash twice in a year. Oh, and by all means, please buy your bags on Amazon. If you are that grower that is just wanting to wash his very own outdoor or crop, please buy them on Amazon. There is no reason to be spending a thousand dollars and upwards for bags that you're only going to use. That's understandable couple times because we got to remember we're not just dealing with the people that want the the quantity that they're running through we are catering to a lot of these people that are wanting to create their own and they don't have the same circumstances we do and i would say like i would spend the extra money on a better ac or a cool bot to cool your room rather sure. than spending a thousand dollars on a bag set because if you're going to run it, you know, just a couple times, the, I hate to say it, but like the first couple of runs I did was in Amazon bags. And oh, but I have Amazon bags, but I'm I guess I'm trying to say like the thousand dollar set. Let's be honest. That's a 20 gallon set. If you are buying a 20 gallon set, you are making enough that you should get better bags. If you're doing a five gallon set. Because five doing, gallon. Huh? Uh, do you know approximately how much? I guess I haven't. I bought think I like around three hundred dollars, and yes, that is much more. But if you okay, if you're saying three hundred dollars, but you don't expect to be getting a whole bunch of six star, that your bags like literally matter. Your bags, your tools, all that matter, and definitely, you know, I feel like we all put money to some degree in what we really, really, really care about. And all of us have sacrificed to some to something for our own personal hash. But if you're gonna call yourself a hash artist, then elevate to that standard. You're not doing it on bubble dude bags. That's, you're not winning any cups on, on those bags. So put like respect to that situation by getting the right thing. I'm not saying to get the, you know, a 32 gallon set, that's gonna be $2,000. I think that's crazy. Uh, but I myself have bought couple sets of those Amazon bags. And you know what? Then I went and got the right bags because when the bag is all crinkled up like this and the seams are all messed up and it's like 73 micron over here and it's 67 micron over there, that matters. I agree. You guys have favorite bags? You gotta keep in mind there's levels. Levels, there's levels to this. So depending on what you're trying to do from amateur to professional, you trying to put yourself up on the, don't you know my name? I made all this. You pay for your bags. 
Are you guys using the full set or certain <laughs> micron bags that you're partial to? Uh, or is that strain dependent? I'll let Jen go with that. Uh, it's strain dependent for me, except for the very first wash of a brand new strain. Uh, so I'll run it through all of them the very first time so that I can see where it falls. I feel like if I eliminate any of the middle ones, it doesn't give me as good of a read. Um, it also depends on whether this is going to be a freeze dried for rosin or whether I'm trying to separate it out for air dried. Um, so yeah, I'll run the first, all of them, the first with the exception of the 25, cause I just won't waste my time on that. I don't, I don't even like pressing it. Um, call me crazy, but yeah. So yeah. But after I do that first run or two, like I'll eliminate whatever bags don't seem to produce any type of result, just you know, based on how much I have to run. So it varies. I'm running, um, I'm always running a 45, a 73. On the first run, I will run a 90, generally not a 120, the 160 and or 150 based on bag type. So I'm generally running a fat, a five bag set um, on the first run. I don't like to separate my 73 and 90. If it's a strain, again, like she said, that I've, I've not done before, and especially if I'm doing it for someone else, I do feel that people often want to have first pull 90. So I'll give you first pull 90, and then I will go back to my standard of 45, 70, or 73 to much higher, which would be 149 or 159. That's like the range. I like to keep my resin. It's not a full melt, but a broader spectrum hash is what I provide. Mm -hmm. So in that time, I'm using a four bag system. 25 almost never, just because everybody knows that 25 takes too long. Yep. Yep, and it also kind of just depends on the extraction that you're doing and what your end goal is. You know, if, if you're just dropping all of it for rosin, like you can take some of those middle bags out because again, you're going to be filtering that in addition to what you're doing now anyway. Um, so I feel like the importance really falls mostly on whether you're air drying and really trying to get, you know, that quality air dried melt. Um, yeah, if you're just going to freeze dry all of it anyway and filter it through rosin bags, then it kind of doesn't make sense. Like almost pulling those additional bags to compensate for the time that you need to use to squish. Like mm -hmm. you're now able to eliminate a certain part of the process that now you can allocate that time to the squishing it. So rather than filtering it on the front end, you are taking that out of the equation because you're just going to filter it on the back end anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's another way that I kind of determine what I'm going to run. Um, you can, of course, order the bags at info.pollinator.nl. Uh, we also sell them separately, so you could just get the four or five that you want. Uh, the postage to the States would come on top, but I think our prices are very competitive. I listened to a thousand, two thousand dollars. <laughs> Tell you, Mila, they're making money hand over fist here, Mila. You invented it, so by all means, hand over fist over here. By the way, Jen, I'll have you know, I know you're not a Miss Freeze Dried, and I, you know how I appreciate about your air dried. I know you know how I appreciate your air dried. I've been freeze drying since 2015, and my freeze dry tech is, 
is there. Just saying. And you know, I'm not pushing it to Rosie. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. <laughs> I'm not. That's not where I'm like directing all my energy. But anyone who doesn't know about having beautiful resin and air dried where you can see all the little crystals, like little sugar cubes of love. Jen right there. She definitely is the one. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm just accustomed to that over like, what I want to do is I kind of want to do a comparison between air dried and freeze dried, like down to that scientific level, because I feel like when we freeze dry something, it's taking out part of that longevity that we're missing that we've talked about earlier. Um, because I've noticed even like before I got my freeze dryer and I was pressing my air dried into rosin, um, I also noticed a difference. Uh, I haven't been able to do the side by side. So obviously it's strain by strain, but like consistently over the smoking air dried versus having something that was freeze dried. One of the very consistent things I noticed was it was just shorter duration, you know, and there's a lot of things that can cause that. But it would be really interesting to do a same batch and do partially air dried, partially freeze dried. I know I've done a comparison under the microscope as far as how the heads look. Um, And now that I'm going to I'm getting my lab redone so that I can do some of these courses and stuff. um, I really want to start looking at that. But uh, I'd like to look at the science behind like what exactly is that freeze dryer taking out of there, you know. Like, I mean, in terms of laophilization and the whole that whole process, because I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I taste a lot of freeze dried crap. Just like terrible people. Apparently, Lord, people are freeze drying at 70 degrees. It's like, what are y'all doing? And they're like, oh, that's how you're not getting nucleated. Well, that's way too high. You're like frying the crap out of your material. And I'll be the first to say, when Frenchie and I first were freeze drying, because I got in on Frenchie's machine in 2015. I've been freeze drying for a long time. The very first bit of stuff that we were doing, we were frying the crap out of it because we didn't know a to to um to adjust the the temp shelf of the, the shelf temp because under vacuum, at the time it was packaged at 120 degrees. That was like we were coming out and all the like the rest of them was pressed already. You take it out of the freeze dryer, that shit was just brown and over the entire thing, right? It was working with Tony Vizura in 2016. Um, well, he was drying it for me for the most part. And then 2017, I was doing all the freeze drying that using that machine and seeing all the ways that you can screw it up. And I'm be honest, I was using scientific. Scientific is like the best in terms of being able to dial in. I'm using a farm now, but I was using the scientific. And I've seen a lot of, you know, at the time people were like, oh, it tastes bad. And a lot of people freeze dry badly. I mean, just they just don't have the right, the right numbers, you know, their setup is is not really as dialed in, partially because when it comes out and it's not, I remember this one dude like laced into me in my DM. He was like, that's not true. Cause I had said, basically, you should be able to take a card and like, just cut it, like cut it with a card. You can feel it. It makes this kind of like cracking, like as if you were cutting into sugar type of, because it's very, all the heads are now discreet. They're now, all the water is gone from them. And hopefully you haven't over, over dried it. But when you have ambient temperature that is too warm, so a lot of people are taking their things out of the freeze dryer and suddenly it's 70 degrees and you're like, I'm wondering why everything is sticking together because it's too warm in which you're doing it. But 
it should be able to be fantastic. And I have seen really, really good freeze dry. It's really bad freeze dry. We all see it's really bad air dried. I mean, people are just leaving things in pucks and whatever like that. But I feel that when done right, I think me and you washing together, being real honest, Jen don't. I'm coming back to the East Coast, Jen. Girl. I just told you I'm getting my hash lab worked on right now. So, uh, and Jenny Beth, she flies. We know Jenny Beth flies. Girl, you are here in the Bay all the time. So you come from LA. We go to the East Coast. We got the West Coast. Meet in the East Coast. Make some hash. We can make that happen. I can make that happen. That would be so fun. (laughs) And then we all go to Amsterdam and do it with Mila. (laughs) Yes. That is a shorter flight to London. A little while. I'm being practical. <laughs> well, ladies, this is probably a good point. And as the Duchess pointed out, I should be very respectful to the Queen. Uh, she has been very, very cool, uh, gracious to, to stay up with us and hang out with us this evening. And I'm always grateful for meeting this time. Uh, so I'd like to tell you guys very much. Thank you guys for hanging out today, sitting and letting me sit here and be schooled by you. Lovely ladies has been 100% a pleasure. Uh, as far as chat goes, they have loved this, by the way, uh, this me aside, this is something you guys should really think about because this is something that chat has really enjoyed. They have gave you guys serious props all through this uh, as far as education goes they've made a court across the board they would all be interested in any kind of education that you guys could put together as far as hash goes uh, and I can't think of any anybody more qualified to give incredible extract advice than you lovely ladies so I hope that all that stuff comes true I wish you guys the best for the rest of this summer. Miss Jen Doe, uh, I hope to do an episode with you. I've, I've had the pleasure of doing a spotlight episode with the other three ladies here. And I would love to do one with you as well. So hopefully you can take me up on that. But other than that, this has been a, an awesome experience. And I cannot thank you ladies enough for sitting here and making me just sweat through this whole thing. I've listened to a few of your shows and I must say uh, this is the least I've heard of you (laughs) it's funny you bring it's funny you say that because a a couple people have asked me how I was going to approach this episode you know they 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 thought it'd be just as intimidating as I thought it would be. And I said, well, I think the best thing to do is just basically get the conversation going and shut the fuck up and sit back and let it happen. It's the best recipe for a, a ladies episode. And uh, it, I think it worked out for the best. To be honest with you. Yeah. I think we did fine. Well, on a good note, we're all friends already. So, <laughs> like, you're kind of just here while we're having our good morning, wake and bake FaceTime that we do like once every year. So, <laughs> so, so like, welcome. 
way too long. It's been way, way too long. It's really nice to have this this big uh, gathering of you ladies. Yes. Very nice to see. Y'all are all going to get something in the, in the IG. Because sorry, Eagle, you were fantastic and everything. But we do need to do what we need to do. So we'll make it happen again. Thank you for jumpstarting it, Eagle. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. gotta go do her story thank you can you guys make sure and throw out all your guys's igs and all that oh, good sure. stuff so if they for live under a rock and can't find you they, they <laughs> will find you that's you still recording little snippets is every gun everybody gonna have to say fucking talking shit with eagle uh, <laughs> i still remember from the first time I would, I would think that the Dutch has already ducked out on us. But if we think we can coordinate that, is you think that's possible that we can, that we can get? Uh, Hello, this is the ladies of hash, and we're on fucking talking shit with Eagle episode four thirty nine. You guys think you guys can do that on maybe a three count? Can you repeat that, <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, can you guys give me a sound bite? Maybe something along the lines of like, oh, here's the date. Here's the Duchess. Hold on. Where's she at? Go over. She's coming uh, back. There she is. There she is. My baddie's Duchess. <laughs> can we get the sound bite? Basically, what I'm looking for, maybe we can do it on a, like a three count, is uh, the sound bite and something along the lines of, Hey, the, we are the ladies of hash, and we're on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode four thirty nine. Hey, we are the okay. Hey, we are the ladies of hash, and we are on episode no, and we are on fucking. You're real high, man. You messed up with that one. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. I'm not gonna. That's way too long. <laughs> hey, you guys, all right. You guys do whatever you want wait are we yeah. supposed to say it together yeah it'd be nice yeah. that seems like a laughing hard. hey hey we're like typing out first yeah, yeah, we are a weird choreography yeah. this is now yeah. choreography we're not in the contract we're it's it's weird. the group we're we are now we are okay talking shit with eagle um, we are on Wait, no, I really need us to say it from start to finish so I can type it out. I'm not even kidding you. That's weird. Ladies of hash, what? Jen, I want to eat these tacos so bad before I start. Golden, <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to be in yeah. this drive? Wait, we're the ladies of hash. We're on fucking talking shit with Eagle. Is there an and? Is there an and we're on? <laughs> I think I think there should be an and. And okay, okay we are. Uh, we're just gonna get it. We're trying to get it right for you, there, Eagle. Just give us a moment. I appreciate it. If one thing I've learned in life, it's never to rush a lady. So you Thank take you. Take your time, Eagle. And it's episode four thirty nine. Yes, ma'am. Okay. What do we say about the episode, or can we like skip that part just to simplify it? Girl, you typed it. You typed it. We're reading. Okay, so what are we episode what? <laughs> okay. 439. 439. 
So I have, this is what I have, y'all. Uh, let's say I have a, hey, we're the ladies. I didn't even have to say a 420. Wait. <laughs> do, we start with hey? do we start with hey? Okay. I thought okay, we we're almost ready. Ready, ready, ready. Okay. Hey, we're the ladies of Hash, and we're on fucking talking shit with Eagle episode 439. Is that it? Oh, okay. That's it. Yes. Okay, I typed it. We're good. Can somebody text it to me? Oh. <laughs> Jenny Beth, the woman has to go to sleep. She has to go to sleep. Let's go. Let's go. I got it. I got it. One hit or quitter. Let's do it. Just roll the new Ready? One, two, three. Hey, we're the ladies of Cash. And, and we're talking uh, shit with <laughs> <laughs> Eagle, episode 439. Episode 439. We need she's to have the reading. She got it. We'll get it this time. We'll get it this time. This time we'll get it. Okay. Hey, two. One, two, three. Hey, we're the ladies of the hat. And we're on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 439. <laughs> I feel like it's a bunch of us trying to sing happy birthday and some of us are like I forgot the person's name or whatever I'm oh, gonna no. I'm gonna take that because I believe that's the four closest I'm ever gonna get to having five <laughs> ladies do anything I want at once so that's perfect that's perfect I'm gonna take that I'm gonna take that that's perfect <laughs> thank you guys wow. Thank you, Eagle. It's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. And hopefully we can do this all again. Uh, for real. Because, like I said, they've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. And enjoyable. It sure has made my weekend. So, thank you guys so much. Uh, well, that's the end of this. Episode 439, The Ladies of Hash. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. We are out of here. Please don't forget, random acts of kindness do save lives. Try to do something nice for somebody today, this weekend. Thank you for tuning in. We are out of here. Thank you, ladies.